you know, it's uh, there's something for everyone. So if you're not a marathoner, that's fine. If you're not a half marathon, that's okay too. We've got relay race. We've got the the draft day 5K. Um, so yeah, so it's and the other thing about a race, which I think is very different than a lot of the local races, is that we get a ton of people. Welcome to the Just a Runner podcast. Are you ready to talk about all things running? Here's your hosts, Bruce McIntosh and Pico. All right, how's it going, everybody? We have another good week going. Oh, yeah, I got some. I'm uh, watching, uh, tracking the rock and roll marathon, half marathon, New Orleans right now. I've uh, got four people down there I know, uh, Aaron Burns, Chrissy Edward, uh, John Craze, Barb Kaczynski, and Eric Kilgore. Uh, oh, no, wait, that's five. That's not four. I'm uh, trying to track all of them, and actually, uh, they had a live feed from uh, New Orleans up on Facebook, so I just threw it up a little bit ago, but I wanted to get the podcast done. And, uh, let me turn up I had an interview this week with Jim Chaney. He is the race director of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Marathon. So it it, uh, tried recording off Skype. A little bit of sound quality problems throughout. Uh, Overall, a lot of good content, I thought. And a few things I didn't know. Got to find them out. Yeah, I thought it was a really good overall interview. Uh, hopefully you all enjoy it he seems like a really great guy and I think they're going to be having a really great marathon there this year and for many years to come and if you do decide to sign up after listening to this I hope uh, if you will do uh, use my code HOF Macintosh B HOF M-C-I-N-T-O-S-H-B uh, I'll put that in the show notes too uh, trying to get a few more people there signed up. We did talk about their ambassador program among uh, just about everything I could think to bring up about the marathon uh, taking place on April 26th. So if you're still looking for a spring marathon, we have 11 weeks. They have a half marathon, uh, relay, 5K. So you have some choices if you're not a marathoner. And... Uh, Think uh, anything else going on right now? Uh, oh, March. What date was that? I don't have it with me. But the Youngstown uh, Distance Classic put on by the Youngstown Roadrunners Club is going to be a. I believe it's March twenty second. I'll have to check and get some uh, information out there. But uh, that's coming up. So if you're looking for a Youngstown area half marathon, uh, you could tr- do that and get yourself prepared for uh, the. Hall of Fame, uh, marathon or half marathon. And uh, let's see here. Anything else? Well, that's about it for this week. I had another decent training week. Uh, didn't go great. Weather's been fairly cooperative. 
uh, no major snowstorms, no, I uh, really wasn't bad conditions, just on the chilly, cold side. So, and if you uh, get a chance, uh, while you're listening to this or any other time, please, uh, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts or Stitcher, please leave me a rating or review. That'll help other people find the podcast. Now, uh, I'll go ahead and get into this interview with Jim. Uh, enjoy. Welcome to the Just the Runners podcast. I'm here with uh, Jim Chaney. Uh, he's the race director from Canton's uh, Hall of Fame uh, Marathon. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Jim. Yeah, Bruce, thanks. I appreciate it. And yeah, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's uh, a little icy outside, but, uh, you know, it's, what, February 6th, I think? So what can you expect? Yeah, we haven't, had, we haven't had too much of a winter, so this has been pretty good for training for the marathon. As the race director, is this when things really start picking up for you? or? For uh, you know, it, it's yes and no. I mean... You know, my my mom thinks I pass out cups of water and T-shirts one weekend a year, and that's what I do for it. But it, it's really a year-round process. So, to be honest, there's no real busy, busy, busy time. It, it's always mildly busy. So, uh, you know, our race is in the spring, so we're very busy in the summer preparing for the marketing. Fall is very busy as far as very busy as far as marketing the event. Um, winter, we're working a lot with the, the city officials and just making sure that uh, there are no construction projects on the docket that got approved from new budgets, that uh, we've got a, a good security game plan in place. So right now, really my focus is leaning towards the race expo and just getting vendors in and things like that. So it's, it's very cyclical and uh, uh, very steady, I guess I should say. Oh, that's well. At least you don't have a. I mean, the excitement will probably be building up. I know from the last time I was there, you've changed the course. Uh, I ran it in seventeen. This uh, I'm back this year. Yeah. And how the uh, how's the course looking? I mean, there's no changes from last year, at least. I know yeah. So last. Yeah, so a couple of comments. Um, you know, we're coming into our seventh year for the race, and and prior to that, I lived in Akron, and I really didn't know much about the Canton area. So when uh, when we approached the Pro Football Hall of Fame to put on the race, and, and just as a sort of footnote, I really uh, I stress that we're the Pro Football Hall of Fame Marathon. Yes. Not not the Canton Marathon, and uh, the, the brand is really important to us. I, I always equate it to, I don't know anyone that runs the Orlando Marathon. I know 30,000 people that run the Walt Disney World Marathon. And, and it's, it's, that's the difference, it's sort of a branding thing. But, uh, and the reason I bring that up is, you know, we've tried to center this thing around the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So when I came down, we ran a course that was good but not great. Um, I spent some time in Canton, got to learn the areas and the roads more, made some changes. The year that you ran, 2017, was a radically different course because of all the construction at the hall. We had to basically center our operations in downtown Canton and do a big uh, out and back course. 
so that compounded with the, the heat that day, you know, made it more than interesting on everyone's part, you know, including ours. Um, yeah. But this year, you know, we, we pretty much settled down as far as the course is concerned. There will be some very mild changes to the course this year. Uh, for example, we'll be starting up right next to the Hall of Fame rather than down in the park. Uh, so when you start, you'll run right towards the front doors of the Hall of Fame and then head down the hill and then out onto the course. So so some very subtle changes, but I feel good that the course is pretty much locked from this point forward. Well, I like the way it starts. Uh, the finish line, is it going to be in the stadium? Yeah, so we... we uh, one of the reasons that we moved away from the hall in 2017 was they were building the new Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. So 2018 was our first chance to finish in there, and it's it's a beautiful NFL certified uh, complex. And uh, you know, I had a great year that year. Um, 19, you know, last year was the first time that we got to repeat the layout and make sure that what worked really still worked. Uh, we're gonna continue to finish in the stadium. There will be a slight change though, uh, because we're adding runners. And I had some concerns about sort of the last, I don't know, two tenths of a mile um, for the marathoners. We, we run behind uh, some grandstands and then down a ramp and then onto the field. And it's pretty narrow in that section, not really suited for a lot of runners bolting down it. So we're going to change it slightly where when you come off the street, you're going to go right directly onto the, the uh, stadium turf. And then I'll just be a little left-hand jog through the end zone, a right hand up the sideline to the 50-yard line. Um, so, you know, those that are brand new will never know the difference. Uh, those that have run it the last two years will definitely notice a change, and I think they'll they'll appreciate it. Because I know that we've had some comments like, hey, it's awesome, but man, do I have to run all the way around the field to get to the finish line? So uh, we're, we're taking that out of the equation. Yeah, I, I like the sounds of the finish, too. That's one of the things I kind of wanted to go back for, because you were finishing this stadium now. Uh, I'm running training with two people that are doing their first marathon ever. Do you think this is a good one for beginners? I mean, just have you run? I do. Them? Yeah, I, I do think it's a good one for beginners. Um, you know, you're not traveling halfway across the country and, and finding out if this is something that you like or not. Um, the first half of the course, everyone stays together. So it, it will, you know, feel big. Um, for a new runner or a new marathoner, uh, there's a lot of distraction, I guess, in the first half, going through a downtown area up to Malone University, through a park, um, through our what we call our survive stretch. Uh, that's a new part of our course this year. But when they get to the second half, the course is an out and back. So, you know, a new marathoner is gonna see people not only on their way out, but on their way back. And it's in uh, a, a really nice neighborhood, a really pretty. So, you know, again, when you're at mile 22, 23, and you're thinking, man, am I ever gonna get there? You, you're running by a house, then a house, then a house, then a house, rather than, you know, I've been staring at this, uh, at this towpath, or I've been staring at this long street with a McDonald's sign for 20 minutes, am I ever gonna get there? So, so we really tried to shorten the back half uh, mentally to make it easy for uh, 
the marathon. And so for a first time marathoner, I think it's a good, good layout. Yeah, I, other than the heat, I mean, the, the one course I ran, I didn't think it was too, too bad. I, I'm not as familiar with, you know, Canton as far as running it and stuff. Do you actually get out a chance and actually get to run the course at all? Or oh yeah. Do it? No, I run it, I run it all the time. And so, um, we've got, uh, training groups that will meet more frequently as we get closer to race day. But, um, our, our marathon office is right downtown, right on the course. And so I'm constantly running the course, um, looking for nuances, you know, as a, uh, executive director of this thing, it's, it's critical for me that I know what's happening and what the runner is going to experience. Um, I, I've always said that if you're going to put on a race, you need to know it better, as good or better than any runner. As when I got get on an airplane, I expect the pilot to know what he's doing. You know, I need to know what I'm doing. So uh, I also get a chance to meet the neighbors, um, get a chance to see the, the community while I'm out there. Yeah, I did make it to the one Saturday run you had, uh, and well, thanks for sticking around because we were doing 14 that day, and we we're hoping to make a couple more of your runs. Um, you know, like I said, I come from Boardman, so it's a little bit of a drive. Uh, yeah. So, how did you get it? Were you uh, there when you did? How did you get involved with this or with uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Marathon? Were you the? Did you start it or? Yeah, I, I, I know that I did. this was our seventh year, your seventh year. Yeah, so so my background is that um, I was a competitive runner in high school and college. And by the time that I, I graduated from college, um, I was I was doing, you know, pretty good. Not great, but, but pretty good. Um, but I was really tired of running. I was becoming a bit of a job. And so I, I quit running completely. Um, didn't run a step for about 15 years. And then as I started getting closer to the age of uh, 40, I had had two kids and thought, I need to find a hobby that I like for me. And I remembered I used to like running and you know, I was okay at it, but I enjoyed it. So I started uh, running again, slowly but surely, which led to my interest in just you know people putting on races so i volunteered at a bunch of races up in akron and then i eventually uh joined a running club called summit athletic running club and they asked to uh, take over the buckeye half marathon so i i learned how to be a race director at the buckeye half marathon um i did that for several years uh, for those listening if you ever see anyone wearing a, a hooded sweatshirt that says buckeye half marathon those were the years I was the race director. So my years were the hoodies. Um, that was my signature piece to it. Um, which led to uh, 2002, where uh, the folks that started the Akron Marathon uh, came, you know, came to town and wanted our Buckeye Half Marathon date, race date. So uh, we moved the Buckeye Half and I became a volunteer at Akron. So I was a key uh, committee member and volunteer at the Akron Marathon for about seven years. And then I was hired on at Akron. So I was the associate, associate race director there for, uh, let's see, 2010, 2011, and 2012. Um, 
at the end of 2012, that was my time, my 10 years. And I decided I'm just going to get away from the, the whole running game and just be a runner. Um, so I left Akron. And about two months later, a bunch of guys from Canton called me and said, hey, how'd you like to put on a race down here? And, and quite frankly, I said, no, thank you. I, I'm really not interested because um, I had been a participant in the Canton Marathon. And, you know, the race was fine. Um, it was in June. I never would do a marathon in June. But uh, but it was okay. But it unfortunately imploded behind the scenes and just wasn't run very well as a business. So I said, no, thanks. But, uh, but they said, no, no, this is with the Hall of Fame. Let's meet with them and, and pitch them your ideas. So we met with the Hall and gave them a five-year business plan of how we would do it professionally. And they said, yeah, let's go for it. So uh, myself and, and three other gentlemen were the core team, and we spent about a year putting it all together. And in 2014, had our first Pro Football Hall of Fame marathon. So, so we started it and launched it and uh, have slowly built it up over the years. Remember uh, 17, you've had some really great promotions because uh, the reason I got... There was a group of us down here decided to all sign up and do it when you had your 26, uh, $26.2 dollar uh, sign up, $26.20 yeah. and yeah. 17 And this year, and a lot of people have mentioned this to me, how this is getting them in, is uh, your medal, the ring medal. Uh, yeah. Where did that idea come from? So I've run, I've been very lucky because when I started running again as an adult, um, yeah. I, I, I ran a bunch of races and I, you know, sort of came back to form as far as being competitive again. And, uh, and I was contacted to be a member of the Cliff Bar Pace Team. So Cliff Bar had uh, 25 of us that traveled around the country and paced marathons for marathons that were sponsored by Cliff Bar. And, and because of that, I, I ran a ton of marathons and I got a lot of exposure to different types of medals, different types of swag. And, uh, and I was sort of tired of the same old round medal. I mean, round medals are great, but you know, the LA marathon had a really cool medal. The, uh, Dallas marathon had a sweet medal. And I thought, let, if we're going to do this marathon in, uh, in Canton at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, let's really make it unique. So our very first medal was a football-shaped medal, but it actually had football leather on the medal. And it's actually my favorite one still from all the medals we've ever done. It was really cool. Yeah, sounds really And awesome. that sort of gave us the reputation of, all right, you know, we're a football-themed marathon. What, what can we do to be creative with this? So uh, from that point forward, we have done... Uh, um, the, the shield we've done uh, the stadium like our second year was actually the stadium where the lights turned on on the metal that, that was another sweet metal oh, uh, the ticket yeah the ticket was I, you got the ticket in 17 I got the ticket and it, if you look at that you know the ticket is cool but I'm, I'm a big uh, I love detail so if you really look at it closely down in the bottom it'll say um, finish not valid without this metal or metal not valid without finish I have it right here in my hands yeah what, uh, what does it say finish not valid without metal without yeah. this metal yeah so you know we went and if you look at the barcode at the bottom it actually represents the date 
the year, the month, and day. Um, and it's actual. It's an actual barcode. If you were to scan it, it would come out with those numbers. So. Oh. So yeah. yeah but, that, no, uh, I never realized that about the barcode before. I just thought yeah. there's lines there. No, no. So so getting back to your question, so the ring, one of the things that we had pitched to the hall early on was we wanted to do a series of 5K races in every NFL city. And we would bring the winners from those cities into Canton for a championship race. And we called it the Gold Jacket 5K. So in 2015 and 2016, we did just that. Um, we actually built the race up to 10 NFL cities. So we put races on in Chicago, Baltimore, Buffalo, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, uh, I forget where else, but a bunch, bunch of cities. And the thing that would bind the whole thing together would be this gold ring metal. So, uh, so we had uh, a good company that we worked with to design the metal, and, uh, and it was a big hit. But right at the end of 2016, we quickly found out that, you know, the four of us couldn't cover the entire United States ourselves and put on races because I was driving, you know, eight hours to Baltimore for a 20-minute city council meeting to talk about the race. And it just, it didn't make a lot of sense. So we shut down the gold the gold jacket race series, put it on the back burner, and I always thought I'd like to come back to the ring as a medal. So we did the ticket, we did a uh, spinning football last year, and uh, we got a new metal company. And I said, hey, let's how about let's revisit this uh, this ring metal idea, but we've got to take it to the next level. It's got to be bigger and, and beefier and more colorful and have some significance. So we, uh, we sort of sketched out some ideas and got uh, the pricing for it. Um, and we were okay with the pricing. So we said, yeah, let's go for it. So we're back to the ring and um, quite honestly, we'll probably stick with the ring for the next couple of years, uh, but we're gonna change the shape of it, the shape and the color. So this year it's more of a faced ring um silver next year it might be like a bronze with an oval or uh you know a, a triangle kind of thing We're just, we got a couple of designs that we you know put aside for future years but yeah it, it's sort of our signature thing our our finisher medals along with our blanket yeah i was going to mention the blanket too um where'd that idea come from yeah again it was it was simply a matter of you know i was running like eight to 12 marathons a year and uh you know mostly pacing them for cliff running a couple on my own and i'd walk away with a you know mylar silver blanket that i would throw away and i, I kept thinking well this is stupid you know there's got to be something better and um trying to think exactly how it, it came about but uh we just thought can we give give the runners you know uh, I think it started with a towel, as a towel. And okay. we looked at a lot of ideas for towels, but the problem was they were all sort of silk screened on top of the towel, chip away in the washing machine. And, uh, and my kids all along had all these cool fleece blankets of SpongeBob and Dora the Explorer. And I thought, why can't we just make a football one? So, so, uh, it was sort of born that way. We took the SpongeBob blanket and laid it on the ground and said, okay, here are the dimensions. Now let's find a printer. If we can give them our design, can they make, you know, our logo on it? And we found someone in Philadelphia that could do it. 
and it took off from there. I've liked mine. I look forward to getting the one this year. I think you went red this year. Yeah, we, we've tried to change the colors every year. So the first year was blue, then we were uh, black, and then green. Green was 17. Yeah, okay, green was 17. So 16, actually, what happened in 16, we went back to blue because it was supposed to have been red that year. And these are things that we order months and months and months months in advance. They show up, we cross our fingers that they look the way that we ordered them. And that year they didn't. So so we did blue that year. Then uh, we've had gray. This past year was like a dark, dark blue. And then this year's red. But yeah, lots of of colors to choose from. (laughs) With all the different teams, you, maybe you could even get, I don't know, uh, we have plenty of colors to choose from. I was thinking maybe you may get after a certain team or something once in a while, but yeah, that, hard to, that could be it. It, it is, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. So, um, yeah. again, one of the things that I, I do, um, and people just don't think about this, so originally we wanted all of our bibs to be team colors. So when you sign up, you pick your favorite team. The thought was, if you love the the uh, Los Angeles Rams or the Minnesota Vikings, your race bid would be in those team colors. Okay. The problem is, the NFL is very strict on logo usage and color usages. So, for example, I think it was about $30,000 a team to use logos and colors. So, you know, that times 32 is pretty expensive. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we, my world. yeah, yeah. So we had to abandon that idea. So, um, so well, sometimes, you know, mile markers, we might see a team color slightly disguised, but you'll never see, you know, Cleveland Browns or Pittsburgh Steelers listed on them. Um, but you know, we, uh, there are other colors that we can use as long as it's not blatant you know brown burnt orange um uh, your, your mile the, markers you had the cutouts of players out there or pictures we, of them we, yeah so so again those those are guys that are in the pro football hall of fame so we do have some latitude with guys that are in the hall of fame but some guys we can't use their image, so um, and some guys we can. I mean, it's, it's it's a very you know tricky thing that we go through in, in laying these things out. Yeah, that, I guess it would be with the NFL. They probably got all, yeah, all pretty particular. Them. I mean, they don't they don't like people calling. Yeah, they don't like people calling. Uh, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. They have to say, well, it's, you know, the big game or it's Super Sunday. You know, if you say, hey, we're having a Super Bowl party at our bar, they'll they'll shut you down. <laughs> so, oh. it's crazy. My one friend, Dawn, she's running it. She had, I asked some people if they had any questions. She had one, and I want to quote her exactly. Yeah. On, uh, how many other stupid people are doing Boston six days earlier and what gave you the idea to, to offer up the VIP status for those who do? So when we, when we put this thing together back in 2013, the, the one thing that I did not want to do was have a fall marathon. Um, I was at Akron. I love the Akron Marathon. I love the people that work there. And I just didn't want to compete. We we're too close. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I thought, well, we'll go in the spring. So we looked at spring dates, and the one thing that kept coming back to us was this NFL draft. Well, the NFL draft is always the end of April. Why don't we tie our race to the same weekend as the NFL draft? And if we do nothing with it, we do nothing with it. But maybe we can build something on it down the road, okay? Well, as it turns out, some years Boston is two weeks before our race, and some years it's one week before our race. And Boston um, has always had a challenge, uh, but it's always been, it's called Boston to Big Sur. Um, Big Sur Marathon out in California is basically the same day that we are. And so they have literally hundreds of people that do the Boston to Big Sur challenge. They'll run Boston, they'll fly across the country, and they'll run Big Sur, and they get a a combo medal for that. Um, I think Runner's World is the one that facilitates all of that. And I thought, well, why don't we do Boston to Canton kind of a thing? So the first couple of years we did it, um, those people that run both, their race bib in our race is the colors of the Boston Marathon. It's got the Boston logo on it, and we recognize them for doing that. Um, this year, I just thought, because especially because it's six days apart, let's really take it uh, to the next level and, and pamper those that are running Boston and then ours. Now, the, the truth about Boston is, because I've run it a bunch of times, um, the uh, if you're not ready to race it or if the weather is bad, you actually can knock out another marathon a week or two later. So a lot of people run Boston just leisurely to say, hey, I did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Sort of save them. They, they don't kill themselves at Boston. Um, so whenever I would run spring marathons, um, if I was running Boston, I would always have another one in back of my head so if the weather's crappy it's like okay great i'm gonna i'm just gonna have fun this weekend and i'm gonna hammer cleveland three weeks later or two weeks later whatever it is so uh so we just put it out there and we actually have i think 16 or 17 people that are doing it this year okay yeah i know three of them i know three of them so yeah Uh And again, what I always tell people is, you know, even if you're going to run Boston as hard as you can, that's great. Um, you just come come to ours and, and participate. You know, if you have to drop to the half, so be it. But uh, it's a uh, it's sort of a good challenge. Yeah, the ones uh, I was talking to, a couple of them that are doing it, they both are planning on running Boston hard, and then just uh, come and have a more leisurely run and, uh, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yep. And, and, and that's, and I always tell people, hey, if you've trained and you're ready to hit Boston, absolutely, 1,000%, go for it. But I can also tell you, you know, I've been at Boston when it's been 100 degrees. I've been at Boston with sideways rain when a nor'easter has blown in. So it's not always ideal. And so, you know, uh, if if for some reason it doesn't work out, here we are. We're, we're ready to take you. And uh, what is, for anybody listening that might consider, what is the VIP experience? Um, yeah, so, so VIP experience, uh, I'll, I'll say that pretty much everything that 
that we do is not original from our standpoint. I mean, maybe the metals are or the blankets, but again, I've run a lot of these things and experienced a lot of different situations. So the Columbus Marathon has a, uh, a VIP um, experience that we're basically emulating and, and it is intended to uh, host people that raise a lot of money for a cost, so like Columbus, the only way you can get into the VIP tent is if you're an elite runner or if you raise a certain level of dollars for a nationwide children's hospital. So we're kind of taking that model and, and doing the same thing. So our beneficiary is the Timken Family Cancer Center. So pe- we have people that are fundraising and when they meet that goal, we will give them a free race entry. If they've already signed up, we'll refund their money back. And then they get to go into this VIP tent, and I'll explain that in a second. Um, okay. The other way is if you're an ambassador and you get so many referrals, you're referring your friends and they're using your discount code to get in. If you build up so many of those, you get to go into the VIP tent. Um, and then we're also, uh, I think we've awarded 20 maybe, maybe 25 of these VIP tickets, so to speak, through uh you know, contests and random drawings and things like that. But, but the whole concept is that when you get there on race morning, um, you can go into the special tent. And in the special tent, it's going to have tables with chairs and it's going to have bagels and fruit and coffee and water and Gatorade. And you can just sort of relax in this private like backstage area um you've got access to to bathrooms so you're not standing in line in a porta potty with everyone else and it's really sort of a pampered experience before the race and then when you're done you can go back and it has its own gear check its own little gear area and then when you're done you can go back into that tent and get a massage and just kind of decompress um like i say i've done it at columbus Um, I've done it at the Disney Marathon. They've got a a huge one that you pay a ton of money to get into. Um, But it's uh, it's right at the finish line and it's it's a really cool experience. So so we're trying it for the first time this year and see how it works out. I am one of your ambassadors. I've been, uh, actually I just found out this week I'm getting the hat in the mail soon. Oh, excellent. Um, I'm still a few away from uh, hitting the VIP experience, but I'm still trying, so maybe I'll still yeah. get up there, there. Not that I'm not trying to get uh, as many as I can between now and then, uh, so we're still right. uh, working on that. But I did, uh, figure I'm gonna top so many, so I'm not doing too bad. Hopefully I can get a few more and at least get the VIP experience. Right. And where's the expo gonna be at this year? So our, our long-term goal with the expo is to have it at the, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and what they're calling the Hall of Fame Village, okay? Yeah. This, this is a big complex that they're building and it will have uh, a big entertainment area and a, you know all kinds of things. Um, but until then, we sort of have to find expo space. So this year, we're gonna move everything into downtown Canton. And uh, this is gonna be at the Canton Civic Center. So it's a, a good sized building and a lot of space to to really spread out and do a lot of cool things there. Um, It is a two-day race expo. Uh, Our 5K will start and finish at the expo in downtown. 
Um, our kids race starts and finishes there. So we're sort of moving everything into downtown with the exception of Sunday morning. So Sunday morning, we go back out to the hall for the start and finish of the race. And the finish line is when you get there, we're in the stadium. When are, when would you, when are you gonna get to see after you get in there or what's anything special going on there? On race morning? Yes. After yeah, so, uh, you know, once you get onto the, when you arrive at the race site, um, everyone's gonna gather on the football field and finish line will be set up uh gear check area we're going to have uh, a band that's going to be playing uh mostly post-race you know before the race there's just gonna be a lot of you know hanging out stretching announcements uh things like that um but when you get to the finish line obviously you run the race you cross you get the medal first you get the blanket second you'll get uh your bottle of water and then we we push you out onto the football field and uh, the big food tent there with all kinds of great stuff and the band playing. Um, We're going to be doing, uh, and and I've never seen this done at a marathon, but we're going to do what I call rolling awards and we've never done it. Um, Basically what's gonna happen is not only will we you know, present overall awards to the top five men and five women that you, you see at different races. But as the age groups fill up, we'll, we'll make announcements. So when we're confident, for example, in the half marathon, when four or five people have finished, you know, men 50 to 54, we'll quickly figure out who the top three are and then make an announcement who they are. And then they can come over to the awards tents and pick up their, their uh, trophy or plaque. So this way, you know, people are leaving with their awards, not getting it six weeks in the mail later. Um, We've got an engraving tent so people can can go over and get their uh, rings engraved with their name and finish time. They can get, if they they win an age group award, they can get that engraved as well. So it's it's just gonna be a cool, cool environment to hang out in. knock on wood we'll have a a nice day where you can just lay your blanket down on the turf and just chill out for a while i'm hoping it's a nice day uh like i said i ran it in 17 and i hope we're nothing like that (laughs) well i had a a rough time so 17 was rough and and, you know if it was two days earlier or two days later it would have been perfect but that one day we just got clobbered was there anything else you'd like to let us know about the race before we go um, yeah, the, the only other things I want to say are that, you know, we're trying to, to make a, be a good community member here in Canton. So we've got other races that happen uh, throughout the year. Um, the, the marathon and the, the, the draft day 5k the day before, those are all part of a race series. Um, so we, we've got a, a big 5k uh, in September, uh, we're, we're rebranding it this year, Centennial uh, 5K, because of the 100th anniversary of the NFL. Um, it'll be downtown with the new Centennial Plaza, so that's going to be cool. Um, we're doing a lot with like the schools and with youth running, and uh, like I say, we, our office is right downtown Canton, so we um, we've got like training runs and things out of there. So. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a fun race. Canton is not that far away, you know. It's uh, there's something for everyone. So if you're not a marathoner, that's fine. If you're not a half marathon, that's okay too. We got 
relay race. We've got the, the draft day 5K. Um, so yeah, so it's, and the other thing about our race, which I think is very different than a lot of the local races, is that we get a ton of people from out of state. Um, I mean, it is sort of a bucket list race where, like if I, if I look at all of our participants right now, as we speak tonight, um, the average distance away our runners are coming from is about 180 miles. So we, we don't get like heavy, heavy, heavy participation in our own backyard here. Um, most people are from out of town. Um, we're a football race. Um, people think a bunch of 20 year old guys that run this, but it's not, um, 65% of our runners are women. Um, average age is about 44. So it's, uh, it's more of an experience to come in, you know, hang out, see, see a bunch of the things at the hall and, and do a, a fun group event and get a cool ring and a blanket at the end. I think you posted something that you think you'll be selling out. Yeah. So one of the things about a spring race that makes it difficult is we have to order all of our supplies by like December. So, you know, we have to make a guess of how many people we're going to have, you know, four months later, five months later. And so the best we can do is, is forecast and say, okay, we think we're going to be around here. Let's place our order. Um, so that, that determines our race capacity. You know, if it was simply a matter of, oh, I can, a week before I can get 3,000 more medals, no problem, then it'd be no problem. But, no. you know, we're also a business, so we don't want to order 20,000 medals and we get 1,000 runners, right? No, but, can't do. but we also, we never, ever, ever, ever want to be that race. And I've run, a, I've run a bunch of them where they just take runners because they're paying money. And, you know, the people in the back don't get a medal. It's like, well, we ran out. Sorry. It's like, wait a minute. I signed up like, I was the first guy to sign up. What do you mean I don't get a medal? And, no, and I, I, yeah, I've heard everything. I, people tell me, well, you know, I, I really don't need a medal. It's like, well, our volunteers don't know that. <laughs> remember that guy in red he didn't want a medal so don't give it to him you know they don't know that so we just have to draw a line in the sand um the, the company that we're working with this year we can order medals an additional batch of medals on march 1st so we're going to get to uh like the third week of february and i'm going to see where we're at then i'm going to draw that line in the sand and say okay this is it here's here's where, where we're going to cap out at um but I, the way we're trending, people are signing up rapidly. Um, it's my personal prediction we'll we'll sell out like second or maybe third week of March. Well, people better get signed up soon, then. <laughs> yeah, well, especially if you're a marathon or a half. I mean, me, I've always liked to sign up because it commits me to it, you know? Yeah, that's um, how I am. I try to sign up early. You're getting the best price. Sometimes there's advantages to signing up and you're committed. And that's, I've, I've been signed up for this one for several months. <laughs> I can't remember exactly when I did sign up, but it's been a while. And, 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 yeah, and the truth is, you know, no matter what the weather is on race day, you, you've trained through it all. You've trained through tomorrow's ice storm. You've, you've trained through. I've uh, been having some bad weather already. Yeah, so. 
you know, I, I for a 5K, I get it. It's like, oh, yeah, the weather looks good this weekend. Let's sign up. I get that. But yeah. for a, a marathon or a half, it's like, no way. I'm, I'm going to, you know, train hard through this so that I've done it. You know what I mean? There's nothing new on marathon day. I've done it. I've run the distance. I've put in the training. I'm just with a bunch of friends today. Guys, yeah, I'll be ready. I'm getting there. And... I'm really looking forward to this one this year. I did it, like I said, I've done it one other time. I was looking forward to it then. Just For me, this is kind of a redemption run because yeah. I had such a bad day that day. I'm, plus, there was a, I'm a big football fan, and having at the Hall of Fame is a big plus to me. So Yeah. I, I, well, that's awesome. But uh, – when you mentioned the medals and having the cutoff, though, I totally agree with that because I think I don't care whether you're the first person or the last person, you should get that medal and treated the same. I mean, you went through the whole 26.2 miles. Yep. And you know, we do have like cutoffs, so it's a six-hour cutoff. But we've never, yeah. you know, shut the gates. I mean, we have lots of people that will finish at 6:20, 6:30. We had one guy that finished, I think, in 7:10 one year. And, uh, you know, we're there waiting for, for, for the guy or girl coming across the line with their stuff, so. Yes. Oh, I think it's great that you stick around for those last few, because sometimes being out there that long can be, uh, it can just be wear you down mentally, and it's, uh, yeah. it's still a challenge just to get that distance in. Well, I think we covered everything about it, and I want to really thank you. I mean, did you have any... Any other last-minute comments or? No, no. I definitely appreciate being on. You know, thanks for doing what you're doing, and thank you for being an ambassador and, and spreading the word. And if there's anything that we can do for you or, or anyone listening, you know, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of through our through our yes. website, Facebook, and uh, you know, if we're we're all in this together. We just have different roles. So. All right. Well, thanks again for being on the podcast. You have a great day. Thanks, Bruce. I appreciate it. Go on. Okay. That was our interview with uh, Jim Chaney. Uh, if you're ready to get signed up for the Hall of Fame Marathon, uh, the website's hofmarathon.com. Uh, and once again, my code's HOFMacintoshB. And if you get the chance, please go out and leave me a rating or review on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, wherever, once again. And if you have any suggestions, uh, comments, or anything like that you want to send directly to me, my email is justarunner65 at gmail.com. I'm uh, willing to listen to any suggestions on how to improve or the podcast, anything like that. And, uh, well, thanks again for listening. Javier Geraldo, Cindy Walters, Earl Johnson, Cicely Girls, Kayla Horn, Chad Dabney, John Corder from Vienna, Christine Everett, and here comes Aaron Burns.